Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Be seated. We see the glory of the Lord as he was transfigured before Peter, James, and John on that mountain. And yet the Lord has also spoken in the Old Testament of the glory that reflected from the face of Moses. A glory that came from God giving commands to his people. A holy and righteous law. There was glory in the law of God. It was a glory, though, that did what to the people? It terrified them. They didn't want to look on the face of Moses. They fled, even though Moses was bringing to them the word of God. The glory that terrifies us is the glory that comes from the law. But there is yet a glory of God that gives peace and which calms our fears, in fact, takes them completely away. And that is the glory that comes of the gospel, the good news of Jesus' coming. But I'll tell you this, if you remove the glory from the cross, which doesn't look so glorified, if we take the glory away from the cross of Christ, we are left again with the commands of God and our failure to uphold them. Without the glory of the crucifixion, you and I should be absolutely terrified to hear the voice of God. We should be, in fact, trembling, thinking that the Lord, our God, is going to come again in glory to judge both the living and the dead. Those words should be utmost frightening. But yet, God has given to us a word of testimony, a word which he has said has been sent to us. God's word incarnate, the word of God veiled in human flesh, dwelled among us, and we have seen his glory, the glory of the only begotten Son of the Father, and his glory is in the crucifixion. The glory of the Son, our Lord and Savior, is in his death. And by the glory of the Lord's death, for your sins, your fears are removed, and you may rise and share in peace in a fellowship with God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. You know, there was one who was a very wonderful student of, the, of Christ, a great disciple among all the disciples. His name was Peter. And Peter, just before our text today, confessed on behalf of all the disciples of Jesus. When he said, Jesus to them, who am I? Peter, on behalf of the disciples, said, you are the Christ, the Christ of God. He is the one that that God has sent. He is the anointed one that the prophets had foretold. Peter confesses this. But then, just moments later, 
when Jesus tells again about his crucifixion and his resurrection, his betrayal, right? At the hands of the elders, the scribes, the chief priests, Jesus tells all the disciples this. Then Peter, doing what Peter thinks is best, pulls Jesus aside and rebukes Jesus and said, this shall never be. Tried to take the glory out of the crucifixion. There is, to Peter's mind in that moment, no glory in Christ dying. There is no majesty, there is no weightiness, there is no divine gift in Christ dying on the cross to Peter in that moment. And that was just a week, a little bit over a week before our text today. But what does Jesus say to Peter? He says, get behind me, Satan. What stronger rebuke could you ever have in this life than to be called Satan by Jesus? Probably not very, very much greater than that. But here, what happens? Jesus says to Peter, you have the, your mind set on the things of man, not set on the things of God. In other words, the Lord has to teach us what is glory. He has to show us because we ourselves otherwise will never know what is glory and what is not. What is the divine majesty of God? Where is it? Where can it be found? How can I receive the glory of the living God? Without Jesus, you might never know. Because Jesus is the revealed glory of the Heavenly Father. The glory of Jesus is that he came to die for us. That he came to do what we could not do. To live perfectly under those commandments which the Lord gave to his people. To be without sin and yet he himself take our sin upon himself in order to crucify it, to put it away from us forever. I don't understand what the temptation is to want to give a testimony before God of your works as if they merit your salvation. I don't see the temptation in that. I don't see the temptation in pulling the glory of Christ away from the crucifixion and saying, Jesus did it all for me. But yet there are those who want to do that, to draw assurances away from God's favor in Christ and say, we have our works. We've done good things in life. We have lived a relatively good life in comparison to the people around us. But it's like asking, it's asking God to judge you by what you've done instead of what he has done in Jesus. When the people couldn't look upon the face of Moses, it should be concerning. This was just a messenger of God. He was reflecting the light of God's law. But what happens when you're consumed in the brightness of God's glory? Peter, James, and John got a taste of that, didn't they? 
Tis good, Lord, that we are here to see your face transfigured, to see you shining white in the glory of your divinity. Tis good that we are here. But then quickly, what happened? It wasn't so great. The times changed when a bright cloud, normally we think of darkness in clouds, right? But there is no darkness in God. He is only light. But this bright cloud envelops Peter, James, and John. And then they hear the voice of God. And they are frightened. They fall flat to the ground. Their face is down, right? Because what happens if you look upon God? You die. No one can look upon the face of God and live because they're sinners. The holiness of God is all-consuming fire. But yet the Lord, in his mercy, comes to them, the Father from heaven, and confirms again this witness, that Jesus is the Christ, his beloved Son, only begotten one, from all eternity here to save them. Listen to him. And while they were down on the ground, Jesus came over to them and he touched them. And he said, rise, have no fear. That's the glory of the gospel. The glory of the gospel takes away our fears because it takes away our sins. The glory of the gospel is in that there is nothing left for us to accomplish for our salvation. Jesus has done it. But as we just heard in that hymn, we can't stay on the mountain forever. Peter, James, and John were not given to dwell there on the mountain. They had to go down unto the, on, onto the earth. They had to go out into the earth. And again, just before this text today, Jesus talked to the disciples. He said, pick up your cross and follow me. So the one who wishes to save his life will lose it, but the one who loses his life for my sake will find it. So there is a light in which we are to reflect to the nations. The light of the glory of God which is saving, which is loving, which is compassion, because it brings with it the forgiveness of sins. This is truly a wonderful way in which to end the season of Epiphany, the great revelation of the Lord to his people, to the Gentiles, to all nations. Right here in the transfiguration of God, we see or sorry, the transfiguration of Jesus, we see God. It wasn't just any man who came to save us. It was God in the flesh. The same one who spoke the law also fulfills the law for us. The same one who fulfills the law for all, us also takes on our transgressions of the law and crucifies them. Maybe you remember back not too long ago when you heard this beautiful prophecy from Isaiah. Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. For behold, darkness shall cover the earth and thick darkness the peoples, but the Lord will arise upon you, 
and his glory will be seen upon you. And the nations shall come to your light, the kings to the brightness of your rising. Lord God has risen upon us. He is light and life and peace to all who believe, to all who receive him. He does not turn them away. He brings them close and gives them the light of his glory. What we are has not yet been revealed to us, but we shall be like he is. Our mortal bodies will put on immortality. We shall be made to be glorified. Our bodies will be glorified as Christ's body is glorified. All because the Lord's glory has come to us in the forgiveness of our sins. When the Lord returns in glory to judge both the living and the dead, we have no reason to fear. For it shall be just as it is upon this altar when you kneel down. You receive the body and blood of Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. And then you are said to rise, to depart in peace and in joy. For when the Lord Jesus Christ has risen upon you, it is so that you may find comfort in him. That you may find the peace for your souls, rest from your weariness, and confidence and sure hope in the certainty of your salvation. So be as the disciples were. Arise and shine. Bring the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, which has saved you from your sins, to the people who need to hear it, the people in this whole world, all of them. In Jesus' name, amen. May the peace of God, which surpasses all our understanding, guard and keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus, our Lord.